Yes, hello folks. Welcome along once again to the Irish Early Podcast in association with Tree Rock. You can visit treerock.e or follow them across their social media platforms there on uh, Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram as well. We are, of course, uh, looking back on what was a very entertaining Galway International Stages Rally, a fabulous two-day event in mad conditions and lots of uh, mad stories to to go through and uh, a stellar cast as always to help us go through them. Uh, we'll be joined by uh, my trusty sidekick, Anthony Nestor, in a moment's time. We'll be talking to uh, Carl Egan after um, uh, a wonder spin alongside Jason Black in the Starlet, uh, fighting all the way back, uh, top Galway Motor Club crew, uh, second in the modified to uh, Gary Kiernan, who was absolutely brilliant. Uh, we'll be chatting to uh, Kevin O'Driscoll, who, of course, was on last week. He was the press officer for the event. And we're also going to feature a, a safety element um, with uh, Derry Cummins, a well-known marshal from carlo and uh it's uh, an interesting one because um a clip was sent in to uh, on the pace.com from uh, james dunphy and I, th- I thought it was very much worth highlighting in terms of the box junction itself uh where not to stand and why spectators shouldn't stand there because having marshaled on junctions like that sometimes people are a little bit slow to um understand why they can't stand there so i think it's a, a good example to uh to highlight as always you can get in touch with us you can uh, just drop a comment underneath the the stream there on Facebook. We are live on YouTube as well, and we're live on Twitter. And in terms of getting to the comments on YouTube and Twitter, it's not always the easiest for us to access those while we're live, but Facebook comments do tend to flow in on the, the interface here. So we uh, will try to get to as many of those as we can. So, yeah, let's uh, start bringing in our guest, um, Anthony Nestor. How are we doing? I'm very, very well. Thank you very much. Um, uh, how did you get on at the weekend? Uh, 11th yeah. overall, I think, alongside your bigger staff and yeah, um, Petra stuff. Great. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, enjoyed it. It's like we were saying uh, last week, it was lovely to get out, um, meet all the old faces. Everyone got a little bit older since last year, as you would expect. Um, yeah, we enjoyed it. We had we had a good run. Um, look, it's like every run, you're always expecting to be a little bit higher, and yeah, we, we'll just do better the next set um yeah i enjoyed it it was yeah look trying conditions um but in saying that it was the same for everybody we knew it in advance we had obviously studied the weather forecast in the days leading up to it um the only one that i suppose didn't do well out of it was the tire companies because for the most part certainly with four-wheel drive cars anyway um once whatever tires you put on at the start of the rally you still had them at the end of the rally the choice was easy um, it was the monsoon specification or whatever was the nearest, regardless of brand. And, um, yeah, you put them on a Saturday morning and you finished the rally with them Sunday night when you didn't get many of these punchers that many of us got. But, um, yeah, it was it was a typical Galway. It was great to see crowds out. There was, there was a lot of people around uh, the Lockray area, which I suppose look from the point of view of businesses opening up. And as we know, during the during the 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 COVID, which i suppose to be fair is still there in a, in a small way i guess but it was great to see delhi counters filling stations you know i hadn't people see there was a, a there was a filling station by the sponsors carabile next door to the service area and something i didn't see since the 70s during the recessions where there was a fuel shortage there was a queue for fuel out onto the road it's something i hadn't we we, we were coming into service and i see a queue for fuel i said that's something I haven't seen for. So it was good to see the people coming to the event. It was good to see the money being spent in the local town, which obviously would have supported the event. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, for the most part, look, it was a great to get the whole thing going. 
and uh, yeah, unfortunately, the, the retirement rate was in the mid thirty percent. Unfortunately, I think about eighty, um, eighty, eighty one or eighty two finished from one hundred and twenty five starts. But yes, that's down to the conditions, I suppose. The conditions. I remember, I suppose for the first car going through, they're perfect, and for every car that cuts a corner after that, the perfection goes. And by the time twenty or thirty cars go, you're cutting six foot into the road. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's a unique rally from that perspective because I don't think there's any other event on the on the Tarmac Championship that has low level ditches like that where you cut in where the mud and muck pulls out and of course i suppose from a farming perspective you have to see that it's it's slurry season i suppose it's probably not i don't know that's probably not the official name for it but people will notice from recce and that there wasn't a stage you recced that you didn't see a tractor there was tractors constantly on the go and you know this is their busy time of the year and they have to work too so it look it it, it adds an element of difficulty to the event it makes it very difficult for the organizers um to run it and then of course from um the volunteers on the ground with those kind of those kind of weather conditions it makes it more difficult it makes it more difficult to control people it makes it more difficult to see i suppose people even competitors maybe don't realize I suppose, well, to be fair i probably they do from the most part but spectators certainly don't realize that the marshal you meet in the junction at nine o'clock for the first stage could be there since seven uh, he's a couple of hours put under him setting it up, and you know, and they were meeting at six, weren't they? On for stage one, yeah, and Saturday, it was six stages, you know, um, um, Derek will be in there later, and he'll give you an exact time to everybody. I saw the thing come out for it. I know certainly the guys here in Limerick Motor Club had an early meeting point inside in Tina. Um, but yeah, they do that for the enjoyment and love of it. But yeah, yeah, look, just good. Just look, it's positive. We're back. Let's keep going. Let's put it up. Yeah, we we'll uh, we'll just have to do better the next day. Even though I think I'm with a different driver on the next event. So, mm-hmm. you might reveal who that is later on, of course. But uh, yeah, that was an interesting one. Even for those, I suppose. Look, lots of people will know already. But being alongside your bigger staff, you're also sat beside Dennis. Like, so um, that's a nice peculiar yeah, thing. I don't know how I many did, you sat actually. beside. Would you believe? And, I didn't. Son, some yeah. people. I have sat alongside five. Somebody said this to me, and I must sit and study it. I've sat alongside five father sons, but I actually haven't sat with Dennis yet. Okay, well, that was uh, wrong. Your order then. <laughs> now, to be fair, he asked me, and I wasn't able to go to Donegal some years ago. But yeah, uh, yeah, we must make it happen, and that would be six. Um, so who's the others? Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. He was a few on right. Well, we have Kevin Barris and his son Paul, mm-hmm. who had a deadly drive the weekend. Him yep. and there was two or three others now that really stood out for me, but he was one of them himself and uh Derek Kelly, I think, isn't it? Um that was Ken Lyons. So Ken Lyons and his son Keith. I sat with Keith Lyons when he started out in a car. Niall and Shane Maguire. Mm-hmm. That's three. Now it's getting difficult. Um yeah. <laughs> I guarantee there's someone oh. out there that'll know on you. Yeah, yeah there is. Someone told me it's five. I'll, 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 I'm sure I'll think of them as I'm going along here. Yeah, yeah. There's not there's not one you haven't sat beside this stage, but that's, uh, that's that's what happens when you get to my edge, like you one of those things. One of those fabulous drives was by uh, Jason Black and Mr. Carl Egan, and uh, mm-hmm. we've got Carl here now. How are we getting on, Carl? How's it going, guys? How's things, Kevin? Actually, uh, well, listen, come here. Uh, you had to, I suppose, 
overcome falling foul to uh, elements. Maybe is probably putting it mildly, but certainly a bit of uh, debris and uh, I suppose, yeah, bits of bits of stone and the most innocuous looking puncture of all time, I think. And uh, even to get an angle on something like that. Now, I know it's going around on social media. I just haven't got the opportunity to grab it on time to show people. But you didn't even cut the corner. It was on the outside of the corner that the, the stone was clipped. You can, you can literally hear the noise of the puncture. You can see it happening. And obviously desperately disappointing, but it, it didn't dampen your spirits. It was it was quite a, a comeback drive. No, not at all. But I think it's one of those unfortunate things, really. Um, it was quite a real fast section of road before that, and very clean, especially with being the last run. We were taking no cuts or anything like that, and unfortunately, we came to that hairpin up the hill, and it just gave way. It, you can see there's plenty of footage there of it, but it's just one of those things. I think that can. You have your luck, and it wasn't with us then. <laughs> what stage did it happen on, Carl? Uh, stage eight. Ah, yeah, the Flower Hill hairpin there. It's, the, uh, any of the ones in Saturday were so yeah. so tricky, and what you probably found it, and I don't know, is it because I didn't see the footage, but even other cars that would have gone ahead would have cut in, and they could have pulled out something as well. And yeah, it was like a, a left-hand hairpin, and we came into it, and he just gave a small nip, and as you just mid drift. Not even we weren't even halfway around the hairpin, and the back right wheel just you can see it pop and just puff. Now, so you've shared that card, I think, haven't you? Or it's on the DMV page? Yeah, it should be, it should All right, be on the well, yeah. let me just go dig that out while yourself and Anthony are chatting because yeah. <laughs> it has to be seen to be believed, really. Like, um, <laughs> like we, we couldn't get over, like, we spent we got through the stage, and then we we're speaking on the road section, then the road section back into service. We we're like, what did we do wrong? And it's like. We couldn't like until we. I didn't. We I didn't see the, your times after. Did you drop much time with us, or? Uh, we stopped and changed, so about two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes. Uh, yeah, two uh, minutes. Two yeah, and a half. We got so. a puncture ourselves on the black road mm -hmm. on the last stage of the event. Am I going right and saying mm -hmm. that last stage? No, the last, the second last run of the black road, and uh, yeah. yeah, we were just before we went into the narrow section there, which is about maybe six, seven kilometers left, and we took yeah. a gamble and left it on and kept going. So we dropped about 40, but yeah, we're always conscious if we park, if we pull up and things go wrong, yeah. it could be anything up to three minutes. So, yeah, I, we were, I think we were, we weren't even halfway into the stage. Oh, so you're not. Yeah. The decision was made to, if we actually pulled in where Kevin Eves um, slid off. So, yeah, Kevin Eves was having an amazing run. Oh. Um, I don't think he was, uh, he's going to be untouchable, I think. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I have to take my head off now. That would, that would definitely be a white knuckle ride. Like, um, I don't think my nerves would. Would stick that passenger seat at the guy. I think it's Chris. I think yeah. was sitting with him, was it? Um, yeah, yeah it was Chris, phenomenal. Yeah. I, I watched some of his footage and uh, the car control. Basically, the first maybe half dozen yourselves. Um, oh, I can't think of the guy from Ireland, McKenna. What's his first name? Daniel. Daniel. Sorry. Um, We've got to hear that. Sorry, now Oh, it's, it's not just playing correctly on the screen, but we might be able to make it out some way. Anyway, I, I don't know, can I even go, go bigger again oh, with it? There we go. So you need to watch really carefully and appreciate it's not the biggest on, on screen probably at the moment, but there, just there. And I'll wind it back yeah. about literally three seconds in. So there yeah, you have it. Like I, it was, I wonder, was the pressure down it and she was just popping off the rim at that particular point in time? Um, it's it's, yeah, it's, it's hard, hard to know. Um, because the, before that's all high speed stuff and the car felt. It was, no, yeah, it was a very. It was really it was committed. Like, so. right yeah, it was quite yeah. quick approaching mm -hmm. that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, so unfortunate. And do you know, it, it seemed like you could tell by the, the movement of the car that probably Jason might have known fairly quickly. And could oh, you hear the pop inside over, or was yeah. it? Yeah, you had a fair feeling like. Yeah, we had a fair feeling, yeah. I think it was only two or three corners later we actually pulled in like and we made the decision pretty quick like, but look, you have those days I suppose. I thought it's something you don't even practice. I, I certainly, we had to change a puncher and Short and I had a great giggle over mm-hmm. it because it's something we never practiced. Um, and I looked at it, you know, we, we live four hours apart. Um, but yeah, we never practiced. I didn't know about the bloody wheel. I didn't know where the nut gun was. I didn't know the wheel breast to give the final tighten. Um, just small things, yeah. It is only when you get a puncher you realize, wow, okay, where the hell is everything? Um, I think, yeah, we, we, we practiced back in probably early 19, mid 19 when we're up there one Friday before an event up with Jason's, but um we had plenty of practice in mold this year too so all right <laughs> so it wasn't too yeah, bad it was it's something for all core drivers and drivers when you yeah. get together the night before instead of going for dinner or going to the pub for an hour just mm-hmm. to go away at a quiet place so no one will laugh at you and when you're falling over <laughs> yeah when you fall over i think there's a fantastic clip was it out in one of the foreign rallies um albert one of them with poor yeah. callum he fell out the door when he went to get out he stumbled and <laughs> fell onto the guard just so it's all in good sport, of course, but yeah, it's not something you practice really, is it? Um, until it goes wrong and it's all hell like breaks loose. The only thing I, I've I've learned over time is that wheels are hot. So the minute we get punctured, I'm reaching into the bag for a pair of gloves. So <laughs> Well that's that's a very important aspect of it, lads, and I'm sure not every co driver is as uh is up to speed with you know these kind of things when, when they do go wrong uh be it a tire change or, or maybe even you know it helps a quite a lot if you have someone that with a kind of a mechanical background that can have a look under the hood as well and um mm-hmm. that's where some have an advantage and some don't you know you see by scrambling and they're on the phone trying to ring someone to see can it can they sort something out remotely or whatever but uh you know the, all these all these things can matter and they can be uh doing and losing of a class or something like you know there's a new product out there at the minute, actually. I, um, I don't know if Carl has seen it. I, I, I've seen it, but I haven't used it or, or, or know anyone that has it. But this new Stilo helmet out, this uh, Bluetooth version. So if you had a puncher, and then you, you, you're not wired to anything. It's all run remotely. So you could get out and have, be changing your puncher. Now, as a, as a rule, some fellas take the helmets off to go out so they can converse with each other. But you could leave these helmets on and go under the bonnet or change the wheel. You can still talk away to the driver and his helmet, and he can be in the boot taking out the wheel, and you can be jacking it up, and you can still be chatting through the intercom. Uh, I'd love to try it. I am. Um, uh, I know a few guys that have the helmets, but I don't know anyone that has the intercom system to to see how it all comes together. But I see the boys and the the WRC seem to use it now. So if you watch them when they come to the end of the stage, they literally unplug the hands, throw the helmet out. That you don't see them pulling the wire out of the helmet anymore. Um, it sounds like a fantastic piece of kit now, but um, a lot of people would be curious. It's like a little dongle that sits in, so where you would normally plug in the um, the cable into the right hand side of the helmet. Now a little dongle. I'll use the word dongle loosely. It's like a little box, and you plug that in. Now I don't know whether that dongle works on your existing helmets. Is that's a story for another day? I guess there'll be some expert will tell us whether that's possible. But yeah, that's going to be a handy piece of kit. Come on forward, like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah, definitely. You must look into it. Hmm. I I, and, I tried actually the new Bell uh, ZN. Yeah, what's that like? Very good. Very very impressed. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, most of a fantastic um, yeah, intercom fantastic. system in that new yeah. Bell. Um, I couldn't fault it on it. I just I said I had Stilo and I just made a 
decided to have a change and try for the weekend to see if I liked it. There's a local man here, uh, Aidan Walsh is his name. People will see him in service at West Limerick Rally Spares, and he does helmet hire. So I intend to, to try one of those bells. I know he has mm-hmm. a few of them, just to, to trial them out, just to see um, if um, maybe coming up towards the end of the rally, if you could maybe hire two of them for the weekend and maybe in one service swap over because it's the best yeah. time to see to evaluate them back to back or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, I I, I, two, if I can get two and pay him for one, I'll be doing rightly well. Like, so we'll, we'll have a go. <laughs> Carl, can I just ask, like, in, in general, if I recall correctly, last week, on this podcast we were doing predictions for the modified section and i don't know if yourself and jason were, were mentioned too much and that's kind of interesting because i, I know, know. Two, two years ago you had such a obviously a splendid run and very much in the mix the other day so uh uh was that was that no of any chance if it, it wasn't really uh, i think we we kind of do our own thing we, we don't tend to get bogged down in these predictions like uh especially now in galway it's one of those rallies that you you got to keep your nose clean Anything can happen. You've seen the modified lead like changed probably five, six times over the case of the weekend. Like so, it's never over till it's over in Galway. And I think if you're if you're steady, but the pace was hot. Like there's no doubt about it. Like we were we were on the on the limit. But um, yeah, mm. it's good to race these two point five men. <laughs> were you both surprised, lads, at how well Daniel McKenna went? Because obviously, you know. There was an event or two under the belt at tail end of last year, but a long, long layoff, and uh, he was flying it. Like, was that any great surprise to you, considering the layoff he had? I don't think so. You can never write Daniel off. Like, he's um, he's he's an exceptional talent. Like, he's competed in the in at some world events and etc. Like, but maybe it took him a stage or two to get going. But geez, once he was on it, there was no catching him. Mm, because he wasn't really in the conversation either really last week as far as I can remember in general and not just with us maybe with a few others as well um, and I think that was, uh, that was a real surprise and it was great to see and unfortunately it, it, all, went, uh, it all went horribly wrong and it was nasty enough impact but uh, we know that those uh, stone walls do kind of bite hard when, when things do go wrong like yeah, of course, like, look, always renowned for them, but I suppose the pace, like, you're taking chances at that level, no, the pace is that hot, it was a simple enough mistake, um, I think he's, he's actually commented on himself, like, a bit of rustiness, etc, but, look, thankfully there's no one, there's no one seriously hurt or injured in it, and hopefully we'll have them out again in West Cork, maybe. Yeah, and that, that's good to hear, because, like, the lads were probably slow enough, kind of, moving from the car or whatever so initially you know and that's just looking at the clips and i'm sure whoever's on the junction will contradict because probably shortly after the clips end i'm sure the lads are out or whatever and there's pictures mm-hmm. afterwards where they're assessing the damage and and things like that but um that, that's always a worry like when when you're on a junction and you see someone not emerging straight away but at the same time i'm, I'm sure as you guys will, will know from experience like there is a certain element of shock as well that occasionally you mightn't be very quick to react like in those situations I thought it was interesting, actually, when I was watching, uh, and, and either you can comment on this because I'm, I'm not sure myself. Um, the, the tracker device, I think the device hit the OK button rather than get the stage cancelled, which I thought was very heroic of them. If you listen to the clip, you can hear the siren in the background, even from 50 feet up the road from the tracker. Okay. Now, I think that's the sound from the OK button. I think. Mm-hmm. Let someone correct me if I'm wrong. 
Because um, to be honest, when we, when we came on to that junction, we didn't even notice the car because they were well back. Um, there was no yellow flags, there was no nothing. So yeah, we, we got no, no car. Right to be fair, it was well flagged. So we were gone. Like yeah, there was a marshal maybe. He was very good actually now he was standing out he was holding out the flag and you could see them beyond that there was an incident and there was another marshal there and you could see the, the, the they were chatting in the window to the guys yeah. um so yeah they had to be fair to, to whatever marshals were on the ground on the day they did a yeah. super job like and get you have can i can board. i just ask lads the do you still have so you obviously have the okay button on the tracker but you have the board as well do you have both yes. of those the board so, is the number yeah one. yeah both yeah, yeah. right yeah. okay um so credit to the lads for, for thinking on their feet like literally straight away and, and hitting the switch if that's the case no I, i'm no. i'm open to be corrected it yeah if that's the case so but quickly should um, should we i suppose maybe it's a question for for later on perhaps but you guys as competitors are in the cars should we be looking at a model where that's either or then like can, can that cause an element of confusion which? for the next car coming on like obviously there's a signal i i i take it is there for the next guys that they know that that competitor is okay or is there? Am no. I wrong in saying that? No. Right. So no. then, if there's no board put up, right, how how do we know? Like, there seems to be two methods of saying you're okay going on, but can we get lost in this by having that? Can we consolidate it by just having one? Or what way do we look at this like? Well, the SOS okay board is the old system, hmm. is the system you follow. The tracking of the, mo- the newer system is only to assist the old system. You're still on working off the old system of the SOS OK board. Now we're getting into delicate territory now in this instance. Did they have an OK board out? No, they didn't. Did they have an SOS board out? No, they didn't. Should we have all probably stopped? Yes, of course we should. But when, and maybe it is something that needs to be addressed going forward. And I'd be guilty of this myself. When you see a marshal there, and he's flagging you down, and you see the marshal tending to everybody, you will just assume everything's in order, they're being dealt with and looked after, and you carry on. Mm-hmm. Because you, the only reason you would be stopping is to go get them help. But the fact that you see them receiving help, yeah, you, uh, yes, my first hint would be would carry on, they're being looked after, they're fine. Um I suppose if we were to follow the rule to the nth degree, is it the right thing to do? Probably not. Hmm. Um, which I think we're all guilty of that. When you see someone, it's like when you see you arrive at a car accident on a public road and you arrive first on it, what will you do? You may get out to help. But if you hmm. arrive in a car accident on the road and there's people tending the scene or there's services there or, or there's officials or marshals or guards or ramblings or whatever, do you stop? No, because you feel it's been dealt with. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. Um, I do to go back to your thing about the SOS OK board. When the when the SOS when the OK button is pressed, that goes into rally control. Mm-hmm. That doesn't go back out to the competitors. They, they, it only radios back that they're OK. If yeah. they don't press that button within about 15 seconds, uh, there's a couple of good guys. You have Joe Cochran. There's Brendan Flynn from Monaghan. Uh, Eta Dune and Terry and SVS is involved. There's a good crew, and there's a, a lot of guys uh, representing the club. So there's a big cohort of people monitoring them screens, um, and they will ring you on your phone within about 15 seconds to know what's going on. Like, um, mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it is. Look, the tracking is a work in progress. It, the, the main yeah. thing is the SOS OK board. That's still the main. Yeah, I suppose mm-hmm. to give a bit of um, yeah discretion uh, towards the, the Martian officials there, right? So the first Martian, as you rightly said, from an alternative angle of the clip, went straight up the road, had the yellow flag out on the wall. Oh, he was. And the other oh, yeah. Martian gave the signal that things were okay. So I think. Yeah. Yeah. You you do allow a certain element of discretion w- with that, and yes, I know there's rights and wrongs, yeah, and the rules probably money. don't allow for that discretion. Oh, to be fair, and and I know and I understand. Said, yeah, I'm not going to talk myself out of losing my license here, so yeah. I'm going to shut yeah. up. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. the marshals, in fairness, the guys they had the road cleared when oh, we got really? yeah. in Orland. Yeah, because uh, we honestly, we didn't even see the car. Like, mm-hmm. wasn't until Andy at the end of the stage said Daniel had stopped, and that's when we found out. Yeah. That's mad, and you're a couple, only a couple of cars after that, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. What was it? Be six, seven cars, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was. You're talking, you're talking two or three minutes there, really. We through the car yeah. was there or not? So yeah. we were running maybe three or four cars behind him. I think I'm not sure. Yeah. I have to check, but uh, yeah, we were probably even more than that, yeah with the receding after Saturday, yeah. So we didn't yeah. even see him, but mm. look. Okay. It's fair going though, lads, in fairness to have it all mm. sorted out. But uh, we'll we'll move on so because um Carl, just just while we have you, like you were you were very busy last year when a lot of lads didn't have the opportunity to be busy and uh, I know you were overseas quite mm. a good bit with the BRC events yeah. and you mentioned Mullen stuff. So uh, give us a little flavour of how, how you felt that went. Oh, that was a, a big learning experience both myself and Jason. I done a couple of gravel events here, um not a whole pile but with a couple of different drivers but um there was nothing really happening here so we we made a decision um quite late on actually last year that we would we give this uh, brc national a go they they allowed modified cars into it so it gave us experience um worthwhile yeah it's still pretty expensive over and back but i think we gained quite a bit of knowledge um and it paid off especially there on saturday's stages like i think you're used to the car moving around more um and you're not as hesitant and stuff but there's definitely it was definitely beneficial but yeah we we enjoyed it like but would you think car would you think that a person that was confident in the gravel having the car move around that it's an advantage in galway yeah definitely I would be the same. Hundred yeah. percent, yeah. Especially on that Saturday, like yeah, yeah, and like that first stage on Saturday, it was like a gravel stage. But... It was, yeah. Mm. And Gallagher was unlucky, funny. wasn't he? He got he got caught like again. It seemed quite innocuous. Just caught a little bit of grass and then turned out sequence. And who's that? Um, Declan Gallagher. Daniel. Yes, mm. I wasn't. I didn't know what happened, Declan. Actually, yeah, yeah. It was, it was quite early on. I think it was only about. I think it was stage then. one, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stage one. Yeah. Um, we actually to be fair, it must be like just... sorry. Go on ahead. I think he caught the grass. Okay, we we yeah. caught the grass well. We had a we had a bit of a tank slapper up along there and only for we seen Daniel we come off the power, you know, quite early and probably it probably saved us, but we could we win <laughs> we might then be far behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the that's the joys of it. So the Tartan Tartan Cup. Um obviously uh that's a, a proud one. Nice to be top Golden Water Club crew. And uh yeah, I bet you're you're quite happy about that. I, I know you would have been probably happier if if you'd won the modified in general, but um I think you can be quite pleased with, with how things went for you, like, yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like we're kinda a bit surprised really, um, with our pace. 
to be honest, on Saturday. We didn't know where we were going to be with these with these top modified men. We haven't really got the chance to race them properly since we went two litre, really. Um, mm. But it was just when we were there after the first one, we were kind of surprised. And, but it was the safe side of um, pushing it, put it this way. Um, yeah, it was enjoyable. And to win the, the Thornton Cup too, it means a lot for any look Galway crew like um there's a long story behind the cup mm-hmm. and look it's nice to get the name on it for a change Good <laughs> tried a few so. times it hasn't happened <laughs> what's uh what's next then so obviously you know west cork's on the horizon mayo is not too far away either um are you sizing up that or uh what's the plans uh we it's hard to know <laughs> i can't make that decision um i think mayo would probably be the preference but there was a hint of cork after the weekend's results so yeah we'll see they're very kind of hard not to know isn't it like, wise, like so yeah yeah and these rallies pretty handy but yeah and the money gets sucked out yeah as well that's the problem yeah, <laughs> yeah so, that's what you want to do i'll be there like so we'll see the characteristics of the events are so different mayo will be mm-hmm. relatively similar but to galway in, but maybe not dragging out as much muck. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas West Cork is smooth, abrasive. There's probably not a bump in it. It's a different characteristic. But then again, it's probably double the expense, really, uh, in that it's an international tool, yeah, similar to Galway. Yeah. And like a, a long, long week, Bank Holiday weekend, too. Yes, yeah. Of course, it's a double Bank Holiday weekend. For West Cork already. And... It's a double bank holiday the weekend, isn't it? As far as I know, yeah. it's we have a bank holiday on this Friday and the Saturday, is it, or the Sunday mm-hmm. and the Monday, or something? I'm not sure. Uh, Thursday and Friday. Is that what it is? Huh. Yeah. So it'd be ideal for Ricky, like you wouldn't be taking time off work and stuff. But yeah, um, we'll see. I'd like to go. We'll, we'll see what the boss says. Yeah, see how it goes. Well, listen. Well done again, Carla, and thanks for jumping on with us here. All right. No problem, Gail. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. Day. Cheers. There we go. So, um, nice yeah. Chat. Never met that man before. He seems nice. Heard yeah, the name. But I suppose it's like everything. You, you'd meet guys in your own class and category and you wouldn't necessarily meet other people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice, 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 man. Absolutely. And well done again to him and him and Jason. So, uh, we're going to bring in uh, Derek Cummins. How are you doing, Derek? Hi, Derek. Hi, Kevin. I'm Anthony. How's it going? Hey, oh, we're the best. Flying it now. And uh, Kevin O'Driscoll is on standby as well. I think um, we'll uh, we'll grab him here in a moment's time. I think he's just getting soap. We can we can see him in the the green room. Kevin, how are we doing? Not too bad, no guys yourselves. Can you hear me, Kevin? Yeah. Do, do you not think that these two boys have aged a bit? Uh, I'm talking to Kevin Regan or O'Driscoll and Cummins. They're, they're they're much older than they were a week ago. I would have thought we were bringing the average age down a bit, if anything. weather. I think that weather would age you a bit, all right, that's for sure. Aye, well, yeah, Derek yeah, looks yeah. like he's been on a sunbed for a bit, I'd say. Yeah, Derek's low on there, in fairness. I'd be worrying Derek is on that out. What's that called? That stuff on the bottle, the fake tan? That's bad. Fake tan, that's it now, lads. Yeah, I wouldn't be having that. I think I'm going to get fake tan in Galway this weekend. <laughs> Which is true. It probably washes out that stuff, does it? I, 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 yeah. I, I'd go to what you call super value tumble dryers on Saturday night to put my rally clothes into it to dry them out in the tumble dryers. Are you serious? Bad? I'm dead serious, yeah. Man, <laughs> I did three or more in front of the best joke ever. Oh, you brilliant. Were... I love it. I love it. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were, you were running away. 
if that if that didn't wash it hand off you the weekend nothing will do but uh no. yeah um uh, we can we can hear uh kevin has just texted me there i can hear you kev uh we can we can see you as well but um i know you were you were very busy this evening you were out and about there uh i think it was soccer on or something but you've made it back to join us and uh we had a, we had a great segment there with, with carl and uh we have a nice bit to go through still as well but um your overall thoughts on the event as, as press officer um it seemed to go very well it was it was full of drama uh, you got a bit of a soak in yourself over the two days, but now that you've had time to, um, I suppose, uh, sit back and reflect, uh, what did you make of it all? I make I probably thought it was one of the best Galways I've been at. Um, my first Galway was '98. Uh, we came up on a whim from work corp. A guy that had um, a company car decided to try it out and bring asked a couple of us would we go to Galway back in 1998, and we came into Lockery the same morning. Little did I know I'd be living there within a few years, but um, I think. It's one thing that I always liked about Galway, just the whole unexpected, you know, you just, we made predictions last week, as you know, and I mean, how many of those came true, probably very little of them, but that's what I love about Galway, it's just the whole unpredictability of it, um, and you have to be prepared for the bad weather, we had plenty of that, you know, probably unfortunate that we had the worst day of the last two months, let's say on Saturday, um, but yeah, I mean, look, I'm still trying to write a report, like for Pesos and this, and I mean, you could write a book on it, you know, the amount of stuff that happened over the weekend from the start, I'm still catching up on some Achillean stuff as well, just seem to see, because I was out in Kiltormer Saturday for two runs, and, um, or, yeah, three runs, actually, I met Derek on the third run, and in the middle of nowhere, which, the kind of thing I like to do anyway, just go into the middle of a stage somewhere, and just watch things away from the junctions, and uh, just fantastic, like the commitment, I, there was one thing that stuck in my mind over the weekend was Alistair Fisher on stage four, it was just incredible, we're watching it. We're very close where Declan Gallagher went off in the first time. This is just a little bit after that, but along straight into a tight, very, very tight right hand or passing a farmhouse. And like I was convinced Fisher was not going to stop. There was just no way he could stop. It just didn't seem possible he could stop. But he mm-hmm. not only definitely just slid the car around the corner and was by streets quicker um, than everybody going around that corner. I just remember that's all we could talk about going back was Alistair. You know, just that performance is just one of those. It reminded me of Bertie, to be honest. It's just that amazing commitment you know and obviously bravery and obviously listen to gordon as well and everything else you know and i mean like he still didn't win the rally i mean he was quick but i mean we were proved wrong i mean Barry and josh were just fantastic Callum had a great fight Callum mccourt had a draw really well you know i mean you know, going on about it it's just fantastic and and i suppose look you know from your perspective derek i thought the marshals were brilliant over the weekend i mean there's no way you could have run a rally without that commitment from yourselves and all the guys in the ground timekeepers officials out in that what could you say? Appalling weather. There was no other word for it. It was the worst, probably the worst conditions I've been. I think the last time I can remember conditions as bad was probably Galway 2009 when there was a stage cancelled because of a storm blew up in the middle of it. But That's it really funny. was that bad. And I mean, I'm including West Cork 2019 and that's when Craig went choosing the first stage as well that day. I remember the first morning was terrible. But this this weather in Galway was just was worse than that. It was just the whole day long, you know. But um, mm. and it was a testament to the drivers' abilities and skills that the vast majority of them got through Saturday without any major. It was that we're aware of any major incidents, you know. The interesting thing, Kevin, about West Cork 2019, and there's photos of this somewhere. So, me and Derek were actually on stage one, which is obviously Ring, and it was like the worst ever, and obviously right beside the sea. And um, it's funny, there might, there might have been yeah. a hip flask with, with a bit of whiskey knocking around, an actual flask with uh, we're obviously <laughs> boiling water. And instead of making yeah. tea, we had alternative arrangements. Yeah. Um, but uh, that, but that even obviously was, it was, a, there was a spectator stage. And some of us got sunburned, and that's not a joke. <laughs> yeah, so literally yeah, six hours, just... what seven hours later, like uh, the same crew yeah, had gone yeah. from borderline hypothermia to sunstroke. Yeah, yeah, you know. But um, 
Are we not got it's Saturday just got progressively worse. Like, I mean, it was bad starting off at eight o'clock. It just got worse. Yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, mad, mad, I suppose. It's, it's one way of putting it, but uh, you, men- you mentioned Alistair Fisher, like he fell foul of punctures as well. Uh, you know, there was so much things to talk about. Um, it, it was very eventful, but uh, just going back to the prediction side of things, right? And uh, we, I think we kind of knew Marion and Callum would be there, thereabouts, just because of sea time over last year. But, you know, and Josh, I don't know, was that expected, really? And it was superb, wasn't it, in fairness? Do you remember our predictions last week? What were they? Ooh, we should have dug those out now, shouldn't we? Yeah, I was talking to Kevin earlier mm. today. I can't remember. I think, I think to make a bit of a fool of us, I'd say. I, I think I had Josh in there, that. but only in third. Like, you know, it, it wasn't, um, it was Alistair and Callum. I, I think I picked and very impossibly. I know Josh would have been there there about, but what was striking was the maturity of Josh's, Josh's drive for somebody like who was off the boil in 19 and the start of 20. He was just incredibly calm and composed and quick and just professional all weekend. He was just really was absolutely outstanding, you know. And to be fair, Marion as well. That's not taken away from his rivals, but the fact is that they put Callum and Alistair into the shades, you know, and and probably to an extent, Callum drove really well as well because, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of punctures put him out of the loop, but he was really, he was sitting fast at times as well. I think what would have been very interesting, and a pity it didn't work out, I think he had his own difficulties, which I think we're going to address in some programme maybe, um, was if Matt Edwards appeared. Um, yeah. He would have he would have, he would would have, have thrown us um, a new element of surprise into it, mm. uh, considering the speed he has. And, and you know, whereas uh, his speed is, you know, it's... it's, it's um, it's great. It's a, it's a, he's a great turn of speed in him. It would bring on everybody else as well because, it, you know, all of us, mm. irrespective of where you are in the field, you all want to attain what the other guy has. So you'd be still trying to chase him. But uh, it'd be nice to see him. Um, well, do you know, the executive producer, the executive producer and researcher never reminded me of that now today or yesterday. That's the mad thing. And all the big books he's making, like, do you know? So uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we'll consider it for. Uh, for West Cork, actually, just beforehand, it would be it would be nice to get a chat in there with Matt. Anyway, and, you know, in all seriousness, yeah. some stage to address that, like, but yeah, it would have been fabulous to see him there and Johnny Greer because obviously as Northern Ireland champion last year, and again, seed time, I think, and a new car, uh, I think he would have been very much in the mix. Yeah, and, Johnny Greer um, was really on the pace above in the Ulster. That uh, DS3 Citroen out they seemed to mm-hmm. have that well mm-hmm. sorted. That newer model seems to be. You know, very, very competitive. Yeah. So, like, um, hopefully we, we can get all these guys together because uh, look look how magical it was without them, I suppose. And then you add them into the mix, you have a, you have a fair mm. concoction, don't you? Like, really? It's a great international because when you see it's called the Galway International, so it's a great international field when mm. you get all these people from different places. And uh, it was, it, even uh, when you see Mick Bracken's coverage there and listen to the Northern Ireland accent and a Monaghan accent and a Welsh accent and on the different interviews, it just gives yeah. a great international flavour to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah. on a, a separate side note, and uh, do you know what? If it beco- could become a semi-permanent thing, I thought what Ulster did in terms of the the stream across the day was magnificent last year. Um, the whole day, like they they went and did a live stream, and again the logistics of that and the mm-hmm. costs I can only imagine are are, are fairly serious, but um, it was it was really good. Yeah, I watched, um, I watched yeah. some of that and I thought it was quite good. That would actually, <clears> believe it or not, would actually work quite better. It, sorry, it would work better down south because... It would be a 30-second intervals would help. The tor- yeah, the 30-second intervals. Yeah. If yeah. You There's less, less time to fill in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, Absolutely. so who knows? We, we might see that happening. But um, Kevin, uh, is this an opportune time maybe to go down through the class winners uh, if you want? Uh, just while we have that little gap um, there, because we are going to move on yeah, to. Uh... Yeah, if you, if you have if you have them handy there, would you go through them? I'm sure I haven't got the list with me at the moment, but um, I'm going to have to dig it out myself now because it's actually them, gone off yeah. my tab. But uh, I okay, will, okay. <laughs> I I will dig it. But obviously, you know, just going down through uh, the the main the main thing, I suppose, uh, as we said, Josh has won. International, uh, Gary Kiernan yeah. with the national, and again, super driving a great battle, wasn't it? In fairness, with McKenna, as we were talking about here, um, before you before you joined us, historic yeah. uh, section went to James Ford and Neil Shanks, and then the junior rally winners, uh, Jack McKenna and Anthony McDonald. Now, I want to get that class by class breakdown, and I will dig it out there while you guys are having a chat, yeah. uh, because that's yeah. what that's what this is all about, of course. But, um, yeah. the, the standout, standout things for you, Kevin, um, across the weekend. I suppose the competitiveness of the classes. I didn't see as much of the juniors now as, as the others. Um, you know, so I can comment as well on that. But other than say congratulations to Jack McKinnon, like, because I mean, he was one day juniors by a full minute, like, you know, which is no easy task in, on, on those stages. Um, I can probably comment a bit more on the historic in that I thought James Ford's driving was just incredible in the in the, uh, in the historic. So he was, you know, he was on it. I mean, Derek, you probably saw a lot of this as well from the stages. I mean, you know, he was he was driving the ass off that car. Like, I mean, his car control everything. He was like, he won he won by four minutes almost on the in the historics. And like, like Duncan Williams wouldn't be hanging around. Morris Meskel wasn't hanging around. Uh, Philip Boyle. I know Drew went off in the first stage and lost a lot of time. And there was a lot. There was a lot to enjoy actually in the in the um in the historic class. There was a lot of very very good effort put in the um. Should have modified is the modified, you know yourself. Face it's, I mean, it was a brilliant drive from uh, from Jason and Carl. To be fair, I mean, they were lucky that they didn't win it in the end. Uh, Gary obviously just throttled back and paced himself at the end, but like Daniel, Daniel just proved he's ever lost the, the ability to to drive and drive hard and be competitive uh, despite all that beat him away. When you're good, you're good, and he's he's pro- he's proven he's good. Um, and as of course, remember you you had you can't forget Kevin Eves who who started. no and I was actually coming to him now as well Kevin was leading him you know Kevin was was setting the pace initially I mean very unfortunate to to retire because I mean he was certainly you know putting the rest of them in the shade um, as I expected James Stafford struggled because Darian wasn't that wasn't Darian country uh, but still he was mature enough to bring it home and you know you know got fourth place overall but steady driving out it's not it's not what you would expect from James in the sense that you know there was nothing more he could do because as fast as the black road was conditions didn't suit darian anyway no matter what um i'm not sure what happened to damien tourist damien was actually fairly doing fairly well as well for a while and he's dropped off the leader but i'm actually sure what what uh, caused his retirement or what happened there yeah he had a um, bad time on stage 11 actually he dropped a lot of time as in a yeah. couple of minutes which would lead you to believe it may be a puncher issue but it could be <clears> yeah he dropped several minutes on on the 11 stage yeah, Damien Toner, like Damien or Damien, is as steady as you'll get as well. Like he's very quick and tidy and neat. Um, you know, and I mean he was a champion two years ago, three years ago now actually when the modifieds, but like it just goes to show how um how competitive the whole thing was and um like Declan of course obviously got no chance to, to show what he can do. He was just unfortunate. I mean, if it hadn't been him, it could well have been somebody else. I mean, the junction I was at the second time around, um <clears throat> the people there had been there the first time and they reckoned everybody was just tip tiptoeing around, but sure the reason for that was the previous corner he seen Declan go off and I mean after seeing that she probably wouldn't be right for a few miles after it anyway. So I expect that was probably the reason. Um but yeah, Gary like would be notorious slow starter. He'd say that himself anyway and Kevin really got off to a really, really good start and I suppose you know if he had pulled far enough ahead he probably you know he's the kind of guy that could have kept but in look at the times that daniel mckinnon did put it on the black road the first time around a particular like i mean you know but it's all to be much keeping him back if he kept that on the road i reckon he'd have gone on to win it you know gary would have struggled to keep up with him 
Um, you know, so yeah, that's that's like I mean, we could just could talk all day about different things. Mm-hmm. There's different cars there that um, you know, different things very were very impressive. There was like John Warren, there was Dave Stewart Darcy or four, six and fifth. They were very, very quick, very spectacular Sunday. Got better and as as the weather dried up a little bit, I felt. Um How about David Clarity. Kelly as well? That was a big drive from him. David Kelly. Actually, yeah, actually I never went to the international side of it. I mean, to be fair, the international side of it, you know, had their own battles. Not a man actually lost track of a Stephen McCann. I'm not sure what happened to him, but he Stephen was going Stephen McCann well. went off inside in Brady's yard. And to be fair, um I, I was just making a few notes tonight and I, I, um, Stephen McCann, John McCabe was sitting with him. They were up as far as sixth overall. Well, uh, two yeah. or three guys, there was Keith Lyons and JJ Cream and Paul Barris and as I mentioned earlier, Dara Kelly. Uh, and my other driver of the day then was Stephen McCann and John McCabe. Yeah, I actually got out, to, I went to speak to him at one stage in a, a typical embarrassing moment. I don't know either uh, Stephen or John and I went to, speaking to Stephen thinking it was John, like how embarrassing was that? Um, um, but yeah, they, they, to me, I felt sorry for them because when you came into Brady's yard, I think it's called Brady's yard. He's got a farm. Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. over the bridge. One, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think he may have, someone said he would damage the steering arm, um, just right. on the, on the, on the, 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 the inside or uh, inside of the corner. But yeah, he was like, he was at yeah, six. He had been he going exceptionally and he was a comfortable sixth. So far um, as well, considering the field that was there, you know. Yes, absolutely, yeah. And he, he was on it from the get-go, like. Um, he was running behind us for most part of the day. Um, just on the road, like. But um, no, he he um, he, he was my... He was definitely my top pick for driver of the day. Driver of the day... Ooh, of from the point of view... You, you know, the other guys, but we were used to Josh and Callum and Gary and Carl McCourt and I. We were used to all them going quick. But... Um, I, I didn't see uh, Stephen go at that pace before, so he is up. Or Paul or Keith, I hadn't seen them um, put in a result, and it's great to see it. Like because it's the next, I don't know what age Stephen is. I know the age of the other two guys, but it's great to to see other guys coming up, challenging the the Callans and the Cahans of this world, like um, mm-hmm. and uh, and um, and the Moffat brothers. Yeah. McNulty, that was was um, very good to see there as well. But Tim, unfortunately, the cut and punch just turned the day as well, and. Um, on the last run through Black Road, my location, he pulled in because the wheel came off the rim. Ah. And he was very unlucky, but he was telling me, like, there after the event, he said that was his third puncture that day, like, and I found a huge in Donnelly there as well. And he said that for some strange reason, the right hand side seemed to be getting all the punctures all day. Yeah, so was, we had one of the front right as well, actually, on the Black Road. Yeah, yeah, and it was great to see him back out in an R5. Mm. And he said that. He's looking forward to doing a few more events during the year, but he said that the car is amazing. The Hannon, uh, compared to the Subaru, he was saying it was brilliant. Like, North Five. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Actually, he passed a remark that he was running alongside us during the day, and we were having, like the old days, the crack and the banter was going solid all day. But he just said, how do we drive the tanks years ago? <laughs> he was referring to the Subarus like, tanks yeah. is what he referred to them as. That they were mm-hmm. that cumbersome and big and awkward and compared to the modern car um they're, they're just light years in development away with braking um we were just making a reference to chicanes i know when the visor and the pub or any fellas on the pub when they have a few point strength is always or they left it flat out to the one board before they hit the brake but in reality uh certainly in the in the we have to call them now the old world cars you know when you'd be on the the rev limiter at those i think they were around 122 miles an hour that kind of a thing 122 123 i'd have to check 
after the two boards you'd be inclined to be putting your leg near the brake pedal anyway and certainly with 150 meters to go at full speed you'd be going on the brake or very very close to it, maybe 130 but on a dry day on, a, on actually in galway on a, on on full speed on the rev limiter in an r5 if you break before the one board you're breaking too early and on a dry day you can take that and take it in beyond the one board another car lint and go to 90 meters and i'd say if you know i've never sat with a josh or a callum but i'd say in west cork um i'd say those boys are going into 80 meters at full speed it must be very daunting and to have the confidence and the commitment um to break that lead it's something even for anybody that's out spectating watch when they come any of those cars are coming down and you'll hear them on the rev limiters because you'll hear the little popping um because they can't go any quicker so they're doing probably uh a hundred and i think they do is it 118 mile an hour i'm subject to be corrected in that 118 or 117 or something like that full full speed but watch how late they leave it to break and watch the 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 the, the one board or in 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 a junctions perspective the yellow arrow on the approach to the junction the yellow directional arrow is 100 meters back and on a dry day you'll know the guys are going okay, to if they leave it to that yellow arrow to break the brakes are of such the development on the brakes has come on so so much over i suppose when you look back at the world cars some of them are what are they 2003 so they're they're heading 17 or 18 years old now some of them mm-hmm. big advancements big Huge. um <laughs> Big balls, as Tim said last week, in fairness. Um, yeah. Just to, to take the call from him. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, Kev, I got the, the, the class winners. I think you have it there now as well. So, ramble on through there. Yeah, well, I'm looking at the screen here in front of me here now. It's, uh, yeah, another great drive, actually. Ryan Caldwell and Grace O'Brien in the um, Fiesta R2, or whatever the RC4s are called now. It's hard to know what's what these days. But, uh, yeah, like they did a fine drive. I mean, they were really, really on the ball. They won their class by um, just over two and a half minutes. And very steady and very very quick, you know. They, you know said he's, I believe he's a drifting champion, so you know he's out to make a bit of a transition to rallying, and you know he's got a great cool driver there in Grace as well. So, you know, he could be one to watch out during the year to see how he gets on in that class. Um, yeah, class. Obviously, we know Jason won class thirteen, and we know Gary. Obviously, or well, actually, James Stafford actually won class fourteen because he was uh, an overall, and Stuart Darcy that was out in the uh, Proton. You know, good steady one from him as well. Um, not that far off actually um, James Stafford only four seconds behind him in the end but uh, so a good drive um, as I said the overall only class winner actually because uh, Jason Black was an overall so um, John uh, John Warren won the class 13 and it, like John was as spectacular as he ever is I thought maybe it's a little slowish on Saturday morning by his standards but sure, that was understandable the conditions but he certainly wasn't hanging on on Sunday that's for sure anyway uh, very very quick um, class 20 <clears throat> Was, uh, was short as I said. Um, class eleven, if um, Gary, or sorry, yeah, class uh, yeah, eleven. Corey Eves actually, uh, yeah, um, Corey was very, very good this weekend. Actually, much quicker than I've actually seen him. And conditions, he was seemed to, you know, revel in those. He's really going well. And one class eleven or Sam Johnson, I thought was outstanding actually in class eleven. If uh, from the start, he was really on it. Uh, very brave even in the first stage. What I saw and uh, beat local man Desline by about twenty seconds. Um, so really good drive there. And who in class fourteen? Oh yeah, class fourteen was James Stafford. Class twelve, Vincent Collins. Um good result there. Keelan Grogan was class twenty two in a two eight or two. 
I'll uh, just see what it's down there that I noticed over the weekend. Some I some I noticed more than others. Uh, well, at the end of the field, uh, he was last carry, believe, the starter there thereabouts, but one class nine. But at the same time, um, but for good to watch at the same time, you know. And he certainly wasn't anywhere near last or anywhere close. But uh, you know, he was he started last, but he was moving his way up. Um, you know, so. Yeah, and Sam Leach didn't have, well, it was one class 10, but he was uh, Valley, uh, Valley 2, so I think he had issues on Saturday and finished uh, one class, but um, uh, he was the only one left winning in that class by the end of it, but had, had been in Valley 2 from quite an early stage, I believe, you know. And in speaking on the historics, as I said, James Ford, just, as I said, was just incredible. I just felt he was really, really good. One of the best historic drives I've seen in a while. Um, Duncan Williams, the Tarmac champion. I think he's the most recent Tarmac champion in the... In the um, Historics, he's um, second overall. I think he took top points for that. I don't think Neil or James is registered. Um, and again, like that, the top Pindix K car was Philip Wiley. Fabulous, fabulously turned out car. He came fourth all, overall. That was the issue engineering one, but he won Pindix K. So, yeah, there was like there was a lot. There was a lot to um, a lot to take in, I suppose. You know, if you think of it, it was 140 odd car started rally. Um, well. I think including everything to the 140, I think there was 125 made field or something like that. And we finished up. If you take out the Super Rally guys, um, Rally 2, whatever they call it, it only was 65, 70 cars finished. So, I mean, you're talking half the field already going out of it. Mm. In, under the old rules, we'll say, whereas 11 more cars got a chance to come back out again and finish with Rally 2 or um, Super Rally, whatever you want to call it, you know. So, um, mm-hmm. and I suppose another thing, just, just to, I suppose, we may come up on it, but um, to be fair, like Aidan Connolly, Rally Source International Rally, he did a brilliant job on it. I think, to, to be fair, the rally ran on time all weekend, bar a little bit on Saturday, Sunday morning, which, you know, with the back road, it had a lot of water on it, so it just wasn't, um, it wasn't safe initially, I think, until they, some of the water had been released, I suppose, from it, uh, from the incessant rain overnight that came down from the mountains. So that was really most of the delay for Saturday morning, as I understand it. But um, yeah, and I think to be fair, those conditions to keep a rally running pretty much on time on Saturday was a, was a fair uh, fair achievement. And you know, I think Derek, you probably appreciated that to an extent that you weren't uh, out there longer than you needed to be along and all as it seemed. It was yeah. a tough day Saturday, I have to say. And every march that was out there, officials, everything, it was a very tough day Saturday. Um, mm. From the word go, it was just rain. And mm. then got, as we met that morning. Like we had a very early start that morning. Like I was, I was up at half four, quarter five. Like, and I tried to ban slow for six o'clock meet, and then we drove. I think it was thirteen k out to start the stage for stage one from ban slow. It was a very long way out, but when we, we were going out stage, it wasn't raining. It wasn't that bad at all. But when we got there to like maybe maybe for the about a half an hour before the first car, it started coming. Mm-hmm. Down then it was absolutely horrendous rain all day, mm-hmm. and there was nothing. No matter what you done, you couldn't see. But the wind then was picking up, and then yeah. the cold as well. You're like you're like a statue, like basically in a lot yeah. of places. And where we were, we're very open. You yeah, you're a very open spot actually. Yeah, you were very exposed was, where you were. It was a very open there where we were, and even on mm. Sunday we were very open as well. You know what I mean? Mm. But like it's just just the way things go, and you have to take the good with the bad. But. Just, just think about credit to every marsh that, that went out there on the weekend and stood out in those conditions. Well, there, there would have been no rally, Derek, if that had happened. There wouldn't be a rally if the guys were there wouldn't to stand there. You know, it couldn't happen. That's true. But there's another crew that, that based on it mentioned it's the Sehub crew that go mm. out there on a Friday and do the Saturday stages. They were out in rain. I was on the few lads there. They came up to my location on Sunday. They set up the stage that I was operating on and they said that night the rain they were sitting up. It was, it was unbelievable. 
mm. so we, them guys out there also like and the service crew there they had a bear like I that hadn't got cover on Saturday they were absolutely getting hammered out mm. Mm. you know what I mean but great events it has a great event but credit to all the marshes that were out there on that road because mm. it was um, really small just one other thing, Derek, on that actually, I got a, an email. I think I said this to, I think I mentioned to Anthony earlier on. I got a, a message from a lady on Saturday or Friday, actually, um, and on the Facebook page. Just a lot of people were asking about where the rally was on and all that kind of stuff. Just general general information. She wanted to bring her her fourteen uh, year old son. She asked where the best point was. And then late on the night, Saturday, Saturday night, she said that <clears throat> she, her husband was in a wheelchair and she wanted to know was there anywhere they could go. So I immediately thought of your crew, of course. So um, she said. Um, she said afterwards that she got accommodated. She said, we did late. Apologize for that. Uh, she said the marshals couldn't have been better. She had a very happy husband, very happy 14-year-old. Wanted to thank the club, the marshals, and everyone for, for, um, for uh, you know, getting it all organized and set up. Because, you know, and that's that's brilliant PR for the sport, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, it's great to show that it can be inclusive as well. And I think you did a great job on that too. So it's good to yourselves there again. Uh, no, worry. Yeah, no, that man. I actually had two um, people in wheelchairs on on Saturday. I saw Monday. that with you, yeah, when I was down there, yeah, I see them actually, yeah, yeah. And basically, they, like, they were too far back up, so I brought them down, like, you know, where we were, you know, we mm. put 10 meters back, like, and it was dead safe where it was, and other than that, I wouldn't have done it, but they, yeah. they enjoyed it, and they, they couldn't believe, like, their look, you know, I mean, it's very hard for disability people to go see an event on that situation, but I think it might be something we need to look at. That's it there, yeah. That's the picture, yeah, <laughs> I remember them, I, I bet you, I was seeing it, yeah. Yeah, classic. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to roll it out there and share the screen, but yeah, that's that's it. And, and fair play for Derek for that yeah. as well. You know, that's a brilliant original. Happiness news, eh? <laughs> Makings of the day there, like in fairness, you know. So well, like, well, you, have make, you have to make people's day, like you know, everyone can get in across gates and ditches and like that. You know, I had another another um spectator. He was he was on crutches, <coughs> he couldn't stand. Him. So I asked him, he can come back to where the wheelchairs were, and he did, and he was delighted. Absolutely, but it's mm-hmm. something that might have to be looked at at other events going forward. That mm. you could announce, you know, what I mean, spectators. The designated we share area or something like that, or something like that on a particular part of the like stage. That, yeah, you know, it's mm. it's something that might be looked want to be looked at. I think because mm. in the day, like, there's people out there that have interest in that sport. In well, access, access isn't I suppose. Unless you had, yes. I wonder you'd see it on some of the the overseas events. Certainly, when I did them many many years ago, where you had designated areas. Um, uh, I know it was something that we touched on briefly at the the Limerick Forestry two years ago. Whenever I had a go at it, um, that we had a designated parking area and service um, for for anybody that needed it. And you just needed to show your pass on the service, and you actually, we were letting you in with the rally cars right into it. Um, um, but yeah, maybe just something to look at the future that mm-hmm. you had. Just to, you know, I suppose when you look at it, it's not the most accessible sport for everybody. If you want to get inclusivity for for everybody to come and see, it. I suppose it's not as accessible for for some people. So yeah, it's a good if- point, Eric. Yeah. But if the same crews, if the if the stages are being picked, right? Yes. Like my location there on Saturday right, was a big location, as you know, Kevin, right? Mm-hmm. And there was plenty of access into it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Big wide but open, we'll get into it, yeah. Whoever is doing this picking the stages, maybe might consider picking a, an access point for disability coming in there, like you know, for someone mm-hmm. to, to 
look at the event. Now I know it doesn't it doesn't work out every time, but like but even if just, you could do it when you, when you look at the weather forecasts, uh, you know people may not all was like to be outdoors at it. So mm-hmm. you could have a situation where if you could park vehicles where people, um, um, and we've done it here in Limerick in the past on on stages where we were able to place motorhomes that people had motorhomes and they were able to sit yeah. and watch us from the comfort of their motorhome and have a cup of coffee mm-hmm. when they were doing it. So they got to see the rally and they, we, we had them stuck right in the middle of the action. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Good ideas, um, yeah, good ideas. So, and yeah. look, we're going to move on and show the Box Junction now in a moment, but two other lads I'd like to mention there. Look, I'll put it to this way. If you sponsor the Irish Rally Podcast, there's a good chance you're going to finish the rally, right? Colin O'Toole was uh, carrying the, the logo the other day. He finished. I want to give him a shout-out. And uh, John O'Reilly uh, of Tree Rock, who were sponsoring us here this evening, he finished as well. So, lads, get in touch with us. That's a good old. That's a good old. Some crack for them, boys. Yeah, I'm glad you for the two lads. Well, well done. And Colin, like in particular, hadn't been out for a long, long time and it was a big rebuild. So, uh, yeah, great to see him and Charlotte back out. So, well done, all. Um, yeah. Right, okay. Ke- sorry, sorry, Kevin. I'm quick Kevin there. Yeah. I just want to look. I did never really look through the actual uh, international property. And another bit, I suppose we should shout out about two. And I did see someone in the comments about Peter Wilson and, and, and David Kelly, but Daniel Cronin as well. I thought it drove extremely well and he, in the polo as well. The first time into the car. Yeah. yeah, exactly, Joe. And he was consistent and solid. and you know, as I said, maybe more seat time in that car, and God knows what, what might happen by um, the end of the year. But yeah, he's um, he mm-hmm. quizzed himself really well. We'll get to a few of those comments actually. Yeah, uh, Hugh Rogan, I think this is Hugh from McCafferty's, uh, the manager of McCafferty's up in um, Letterkenny, who looked after us quite well last August when we were up there. Carl Egan couldn't pull points, but he can call notes. <laughs> like <this> one. <laughs> um, any speculation on what Jennings is upgrading to? Yeah, so we saw Gary Jennings's car up for sale. Um, there today, I think Dave Moynihan actually shared it on on social media. So that's interesting. There's there's rumors of polos. I don't know if uh, there's any truth in in some of those. Um, I suppose it'll be down to the limitation of what you can convert to right and drive. Are they yeah. all convertible? Yeah. I'd doing a guess, and I'd literally it would only be a guess. The fact that the likes of Tim has already converted the more yes. modern, the 2019 version of the R2, so, so to speak, the newer one. If if I was to hazard a guess, and just purely a guess, I would say that's the way he would go if he was going to upgrade. I don't mm. know has anybody anywhere converted a Polo or converted a Hyundai or even the parts available to convert them. Yeah, the Hyundai has been converted, and Darren McHale had one there some time back, um, a year or two ago. Remember he had a right and drive one. Alec Carmichael drives one up north as well. Oh right, uh, okay, yeah. So sure, that could be uh, yes. yeah, but I would say probably in terms of performance, what Tim has is probably. The best right and drive is probably what you'll get at the moment. Yes. So that, that, that's set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another few comments. Um, the, this is Irish Rallying page have said, fantastic weekend of rallying in Galway. The hype is well and surely back. And Beverly Spillane says, definitely agree with having great handy places for disabled people and the elderly, yeah. as a lot of these people have put money into motorsport in years gone past and keep it alive. Uh, like road racing, maybe a few fields for parking could be an idea. Now, obviously, when conditions are a little bit different to last weekend, because mm. don't be hoping getting the car back over field, I'd say, <laughs> into it at the weekend. Yeah. But it is a good point for mm. events that, you know, as we progress through the year, we might have better conditions. So yeah, definitely yeah. Uh, keep the comments coming. Um, don't be afraid to get in touch with us. So uh, let's bring this on to this then, right? So James Dunphy sent this into onthepeso.com. And uh, I, I thought it was definitely worth bringing up. And Derek, as, as a marshal, maybe we might, we might talk through this a bit. So I've deliberately kept the volume off on this because uh, it, it's just too loud and won't be able to talk over it, quite simple. But I think there's, there's three or four cars. So this isn't the best example, right? But you can see the, 
the junction is, is opened already or has been opened. Someone's gone yeah. up the escape road. And I think Donna Kelly comes on. Yeah, here we go. Straight down and obviously pulls the handrail to get back going. And another good example is coming with Gary Jennings actually in a in a moment's time. I think this next one is kind of innocuous enough, just a bit of a spin. But uh, we finished up with, with Gary Jennings' one. You know, there's a lot of speed coming in there. And what we see, Derek, a lot of the time, or what you would see, because look, you're on events 10 times more than I am, uh, but I have marshaled with you, is that people have a tendency to stand. I'll just, you can't really see where the cursor is, but you can see where <coughs> Gary's car is. They're still looking to stand there. And yes. sometimes they're not best pleased when they're told not to. That's true. Well, you can get a lot of difficulty ones. Um, that particular junction, there was actually a crest coming out over that. That was actually a blind junction because you came out over a crest and there's a sudden square right. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember coming down over it and myself and Alex were coming behind mm. and they, all of a sudden you went up this crest and next to the sudden square right. Yeah. But 200 junctions, right? Um, myself and the lads, we do a certain thing when we go to a location, okay? When we be doing a location, say we 200 runoff and maybe a 50, whatever the story is, we would park up on location and we would walk 100 meters up the road, 100 meter exit, 100 escape road, whatever it is. And we'd look for a gate or some kind of an idea that where we're going to put the spectators or how we're going to get down to the junction where we are. Um, it's all about planning as well. But that particular junction there I was looking at there a few times and there's no there's no way for spectators to come down there because you have a river there to cross as well I see so it's very difficult there but I think if you actually coordinate that with the, the marshal at the end of the 200 and in fact if they want to come down before the event you could actually communicate very well or I'm going to bring this up on screen again so where, where Gary's car is then are you saying to put marshals further back to one side of where that car is yeah, I'm, I'm saying to you, like, 200, right? After 200, tape, yeah. or whoever's there, luggage, you should have a marshal there. Someone okay. with this work with you. And communication back to whoever's on the location, whatever like that. But it has to be an alternative somewhere again now, because in junctions like that, it's very difficult to manage that. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And no matter how good you do it, you'll always get one or two spectators that will actually yeah. not... Well, do you know what, right? Uh, a good example of this was was probably three years ago up in, in Donegal where we had a similar location, if you remember, with, with a big runoff. And uh, a couple of wise guys came down. I think a couple of cars were gone through and insisted on going up there. And when they were told not to, proceeded to go break the tape as well just for good measure. Yeah. Right? And, uh, yeah, I wasn't best pleased about that, but I kept the cool as best I could. And uh, in the nicest way possible, I was like, lads... I won't say what I said, actually, because it probably wasn't the nicest <laughs> way possible. But I did reason with them, and it wasn't in a confrontational manner. It was just, mm. hold on now for a sec, lads. Like. And, uh, yeah, like, that was, that's not nice. And it puts you off, like, and, uh, Derek, as, as I said to you, and I, we referenced this a few times with regards to Glen Village three years ago, where that situation occurred, where someone turned up, had uh, a good few pints on board, uh, disappeared for a minute, came back with cuts on the eyes, and then... Uh, proceeded to try and walk out in front of a live stage. And that was scary now. And I thought long and hard about Marston again after that. And it actually would turn you off big locations as well to an extent, right? But uh, a lot of the time, you would understand maybe perhaps if these are, are younger people, but they're grown men and women. And I don't get why they don't understand simple mechanics of why they're being told what to do. 
And it's not in a confrontational way. It's in an open and honest way. But they seem to take exception to that. They must all think they're used to involved or something. I don't know. But, like, yeah. just listen. Like, you know? You'll see it, though, Kevin. Though. You'll see it uh, even as a media person coming in. And I, I get it from from the point of view of, the, of um, a spectator as well. Like, you know, media people come in and they may take the best spot. But it also happens in a situation where, you know, everything is in place. Derek has a junction set up. And in the last minute, guys turn up and they stand exactly where we've been told not to stand or try to stand there. And then they cause an argument and they cause a row. And, you know, but just going back to that stage, actually, that you're showing there, that was actually quarter mile up the road from that. I, um, I think there's a couple of factors that play at that one. The stage ran about 25 minutes late. So because of that flooding or whatever. So I would expect everybody was on location well in advance of that anyway there was no one coming in that's a 3.2 very narrow road 3.2 kilometer section i measured coming into that junction there's also the fact that from what i heard i'd say about 50 cars either spun or went up the road or went left or whatever and i said there was nobody leaving that junction a for their safety and b for the entertainment i think that was just the way it was but i get your point what you're saying though there definitely should have probably should be somebody on the the far end of that wall even you know just just there anyway you know um But I think they might have been actually might have helped them in that situation at the race stage. They'd run a bit late because you know you're not going to come in 25 minutes late into the first stage or whatever it was in the summer morning. The, was the Kevin was the access or or either of these was the access to that location coming towards where the cars were? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Right, so you down had the the house, yeah. Coming towards it, yeah. yeah. I do know because I would do a number of these safety checks uh, six, eight, ten weeks out from the events uh, with safety officers and have done for many years. We would often look at. Uh, particular locations and see how close they were to main roads because as part of the safety plan that's done up uh, it's measured as to has it good access poor access what is the the what's the direction of flow of the spectator mm. coming in would mention is that you would put as exactly as Derek said and we have done it in the past that if you thought that that was um the access was coming right towards the vehicles. What we've often done in, uh, in that case is drive down to where you saw Donna Kelly spin around mm. and see if we did put a marshal there, can we direct them into the field and up the other way? And yeah, yeah it yeah. is it is done now. It may, I, I don't yeah. know the case. Of what but, yeah, the terrain, the, yeah, the terrain there is quite difficult because it's high, high ditches coming into that corner oh, on right. the right hand side. <clears throat> um, there is, it's okay actually, and the exit on the inside of that corner is safe and up there is high as well. Um, but the problem is that's the little section of road that comes down into it. Like it's it's uh, the road coming up to that point is actually as I said three point two k from the main road or something, and it's um it's narrow in places. It's wide in other places. There are a few houses further up where that uh, that car where Donna spun. So the parking up there really wasn't an issue. And at a certain point, you know well that if you come in and you have one point six or one point seven k of traffic area, you're probably not going to keep going down that road. I suppose the thing was people seemed to be in place beforehand. There just wasn't much place for them to get out afterwards. You know, if anyone did want to go. I suppose mm. it's the it's the one issue we have that I suppose with the sport, the likes of those videos and all those shots make that junction more popular. Should the event run next year and people say, "Yeah, that was brilliant," mm. it's on YouTube or whatever the case yeah. may be. That was being used actually as a straight through in the past, and it's been used as a square right up mm. as well in the past. No. So, you but know, some can be more difficult than others anyway. In general, lads, like it's not it's not always fair to say like uh, we should throw this out or whatever. Sometimes mm. it's not possible. There's no gate there, as you've said, or there's no mm. other way of rigging that around. But the, the one thing I would like to point out that I would like to see more marshals doing, and it's something that Derek always does, you you always, as standard, put someone about 50 metres, maybe more, up the road with the yellow flag so that they don't have to run up the road with the yellow you know, flag that, on the stage's life. And we, you know? when we're going out, it, it's critical. We always, ha- always plan it out. Um, 
we'd always look at the location and as i was saying we walk 100 on the entry and 100 on the exit and we see if there's a problem where we put spectators mm. where we can't we pick out mm. where we put the flag and sometimes sometimes we use two flags before we come into junction because it could be a blind spot mm. but the only thing about it, we have we have the communication system and it works very well over the weekend in galway that played a massive part of those in galway with the radios and stuff mm. And one thing I think I like, we had an issue on um, on Saturday actually, um, where you were with me, Kevin. Mm. There was a location for there. There was a quad that went out in the road, in the right. middle of the stage, right? Right. Stage had stopped. Now I knew it had stopped, but the marshals on location four didn't know. Now I could see location four. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And the, the spectators went out. The next thing all I could see the, the said on the radio. Um, Stage back live, car went in, and wherever it was. Next thing, we were looking up the road. Next thing, Alex raised me, he said, The call is in the road, and the car was coming behind him. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's either looking up at this down in Milano because I'm about 400 odd meters down the road, like, and I mm. can't do a thing about it. But mm. the, I reckon, I think something's going to have to be done because I think if you have a radio or a scanner, listen to the radio frequency, the rally radio, you know when the car stops. You know, when the car just live, you know, the last car has gone in, everything. Mm. And I think it needs to be brought up because there's actually been too many mistakes. And one of these days, the mistake is going to be wrong. And mm. that's it. Mm. It's going to be too late then. But the only thing you'll find, I suppose, that vehicles on the road is not something you see, to be fair. It's, 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 yeah. it's once in a blue moon it happens. That, but that it is once in a blue moon, moon. in fairness. Yeah, yeah just yeah. be fair. It's, 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 yeah, no, it does. Mm. You get a lot of time, but like, yeah. but, uh, but in Galway now, this year, I was lucky enough there because I had all the coordinates for my locations. Like, and I was going to Google Maps and I even knew on Saturday there was a gate 50 meters before 50 meter box junction. Like, and mm. I knew, I even said to the lads, like in the group chat, I said, we're taking, we're going to open that gate and we're going to let them up to it. Up the back there in the wall, and it was worked well. And mm. I had new plans made out for location five on on Sunday, but when the stage corner rang me Saturday night and says, Do you mind getting changed over to location seven? So we did, but we went over there. Now that was absolutely mental. That was the, yeah. the, the spectators coming from Lockray there. Yeah, and it's too close. Like, you're too junky, two oh. roads coming into in from Lockray, it's a crossroads. So you're going to have two roads that are available yeah. for traffic. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of it is needs down needs planning, needs to plan it well. But I think like the way I got the location sent to me about a week previous to the event as the Google coordinates for the location, you can go in on Google and you can view it, right? And you can look at that location and say, right, there's a gate there now with 200. I can tape it off and put it a different way. I'm expecting to come down to the field down to me. You mean look at it. that's the way we done it on Sunday. We did 200 off there and I went up the road. Now I hadn't seen this location until Sunday morning, but there was a gate. I opened the gate back out into the road and I put tape across it. I put a sign with spectator signs on into the field and they walked down the field onto me and into the, in behind the gate where, where yeah, I wanted. This to be fair, I suppose I think it needs to be made clear. This is in addition to the safety yes. plan. This yes. is in Instead the, of the, safety plan. the safety plan yeah. is the gospel, like, and this mm. is what you're doing is just be, enhancing due diligence, show due diligence, and just do go on mm -hmm. that extra step again. But of course, you mm -hmm. see, Derek, the difference there is you have the experience, and and yeah. yes, you see, this is the, 
This the is old, the other side. We've seen the old dog for the long road. You know exactly yeah. what to, to, to Yeah. Derek, the also, is... and just before you, you progress with that further, is everyone doesn't have the luxury of knowing, like, you know, you're, you're going to go to this location, you have the coordinates. Some yeah. people are rocking up on the morning and they're given location there. So they don't have that advantage. So, you know, if, if there is a way of, uh, in a broader context, of people, and I appreciate there will be always people that have never done it before, if, if they even listen to that much if, and got that from this segment. That's very important, yeah. just the coordinates to get the actual mm. view of, of where they are and see is there some way of enhancing the safety. I think that's a good learning point from I the discussion found, here. Like I, I found when I got the GPS coordinates, I could look at location and I could visual like, what the idea was. And I had a plan in my head going ahead. I knew where I was going, what I was doing. Martin and Alex knew everything was about board. But there's another element to this is training and experience. And uh, at the moment there, the way I would like to train marshes is basically practicality. It's set up a, a dud stage, basically, like maybe three, four kilometer stage with a couple of chicanes, a couple of um, junctions and get them set up. Then send in someone that basically they don't know what sort of specter and be as awkward as you want and try and see it go. But people skills is essential. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you now, if you if you start effing and blind at spectators coming up to your location, you're on the wrong foot straight away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to go turn against you straight away. I've seen it happen yes. in the past. You do. Yeah. So that's you're where we're at. Lads, we've, um, we're going to have to move on. Um, and, Actually, uh, Kevin, sorry again. I just got a text there from Joe Hayes, stage commander on um, on the Black Road Sunday, and he just said, thank Derek and all the marshals for the fabulous work they did on that stage for him on Saturday, yeah. or Sunday, I should say, Sunday morning. So, And there is a message on, as well on, from Aidan Harper. On a completely lighter note, I'll just give you a, a, a good news story. Do you see the guy in the photograph of the wheelchair? Uh, a very um, I, I, I won't mention his name now because he didn't he, he didn't say I could. Uh, even though he might text me now and tell me like the guy in the wheelchair. Um, he did. I don't have his name, but he won the Borough Stages Rally in 1986. Yes, actually, that man there was actually telling me his rallying career today. His 90s up to you know early late 90s, and he, it was a very interesting char character to talk to on that junction that yeah. day. And to listen to him, what he went through and. The roads and you know the way the Galway roads have changed since he done it. It was very interesting actually. Kind of talked to for the for a couple for a couple of hours there. And uh, just that I want to read out that message because uh, uh, the president of Warsaw Ireland, Aidan Harper, has been in touch again and has said uh, a major thank you to all the marshals, timekeepers, and officials who braved yeah. the elements of the weekend. Without them, nothing would happen. Incredible competition over the weekend. And uh, Aidan Connolly, very good COC. So uh, yeah. That's the story. Lads, look, we're, we're probably coming near the end of our tether here, just time-wise. Um, we've had a, a very good discussion. I think lots of key learning points from that as well, from the safety element. And uh, obviously, great to get the thoughts uh, in terms of uh, the event itself and, and the action that unfolded. But any any closing remarks, I suppose, from any before we, we do call it night? Um, I just like to say that we need to get training back up for the marshals in ASAP this year. Um, need to get things on the ball because, uh, but as I was saying, Skills, paper skills is critical. I think that's the way. If you treat them respect, they respect you. You'll work together. And like I was in Galway there, like on the weekend, and I was asking the spectators for fifty euro donations for fertilizer because I got up nine hundred euros a ton. Like, and the crack I was knocking over like on Saturday. Yeah. Like, you know I mean? yeah. And I know you're into farming. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, that's the fact that was about everything I else put in the list he said you know, I go in the field was 50 euro and they said why I'm collecting funds for the for the fertilizer because it's gone dear 
All powerful, yeah. Anthony? Yeah, I was, um, I suppose, look, not not to be putting something, a negative spin in it, but just maybe as a learning thing. Um, we've seen for a number of events um, from nearly the Cork 20, the historic lakes, Wexford, and now Galway, there's been timing issues. Um, whereas competitors, you're, you're, there's issues with times. Um, I think the I suppose if if just to learn, I suppose for if somebody could pick up on this and learn on it, does I just looked into some of those events as to why why is there such an issue with timing, and why is the the are the times wrong when they get published and so on and so forth? And I think a lot of it goes back to the clubs. I think the clubs need to just be more careful when they're picking their flying finish, the flight the stage ten on in Galway. So if it, if it was. Um, the first stage out Sunday morning, and each rotation of that, there was timing issues. And what seemed to be wrong was that the flying finish was paced, placed, I should say, on an extremely fast section of road. And either side of where the flying finish was, was a 12-foot wall. So the person that was reversed in or part of the flying finish had a very, very narrow window to, to catch the car number going past them like a bullet, because we were pretty much on the rev limiters going past them. And because of that, whereas they did have the finish time, they may not necessarily have had the car number. Now, the, the, as it turns out, um, the timekeepers on that particular location were very experienced people. So then you would ask, you know, why? So obviously that was the reason. The reason they, were, they, were, they had the times, they just didn't know what car the time belonged to especially if a bunch of cars came together. Um, so I think clubs just have to be more <clears> cognizant <throat> of the fact that the person in the flying finished vehicle needs to physically see the car approaching and the car numbers. I know Kevin has an idea yeah. that he bounced off me today. Today I thought, yeah, that was mm. a runner. And another yeah. thing is, uh, to, to, and I was looking at some photographs there at Galway tonight, the Galway rally because Galway Rally is muck, and it has been since God was a boy. But if you look at the door numbers in Galway, the, the actual the, the, the door decal is the same, two foot by two, but the number is quite small. So is it a case, do we not need to go to the WRC-style numbers, slightly higher in the door? Do we need to go to the um, forestry or gravel-style um, luminous numbers on the back window? to make it easier for the flying finish person to pick up on the time. But another issue, and it, it wasn't the issue in Galway, I want to stress that, um, a lot of timekeepers are landed into the positions at the last minute. The training, they don't get it. I think clubs should provide or certainly look into the, the option uh, of doing a training thing or, or a training day or a, a little, even on a Zoom thing, just a refresher for people how to how to operate the system. Uh, I know certainly the, the results provider, I have spoken to him at Lint several times over this. And I know the poor man, he got a, a, a bit of a bashing on social media, I think maybe after Cork or after Killarney, I think. And it's not the, the, the issue is not with the results system. The issue is with the choice of location for the flying finish or and or the training. Um, now, Killarney was a different issue. It was a coverage issue. There was no coverage to... At the end of one of the stages, I think, well, it's pretty common. Everyone knew that there was no results for Miles Gap. 
and it was a, it was a it was a coverage issue. There was no coverage at the the, the the finish. So just I think if clubs in general going forward were a bit more cognizant of those three issues, plus Kevin's issue, which he'll tell you there about now, I think was a would have been a great help as well. Yeah, okay. well, yeah. I suppose you know, we discussed this earlier on today, but <clears throat> just actually looking at the numbers thing, I'm, I'm a believer of the um, the big numbers. I mean, I've seen it before at the Killarney Valley. Lakes did it for years. Donegal actually in recent years had proper, you know, proper full size door numbers, which I think, I think, yeah, I, I get the luminous thing. It doesn't always work though. I think not, in tarmac betting, I'm not sure, but certainly I think bigger, bigger and visible numbers would help. But the other thing I would I would very much be in favour of is the tracking system that we use. Fair enough. There's a, a, probably an admin version out there that they use in the in headquarters, but a simplified version where you just have a number and a dot, um, where anyone can access. I know it happens in the BRC where all of us Joe Soaps can see where things are happening, but most particularly those at the flying finish. So if you were looking at your if you have your tablet or whatever you have at the flying finish or laptop, and you see three cars are coming together, at least you can identify those three cars coming in. The tracking system shows the cars five, six, and seven are coming in together. Um, you know the order they're coming in based on that. And the idea is it would t- help, I think, the finish marshals, whatever with the start marshals, it would certainly help the finish marshals. Um, and I get that with, with tracking and the way they're set up, there is, there is that on them, but I'm sure a simplified version could be used, a stripped-down version where all you see is the number, the dot, the color of it is red, or is it, you know, is it stopped, or is it, is it yellow, is it going? And if the flying finish person has that information in front of him. He can see, oh, but I guess straighten up here now. There's four cars coming in here together, but I get get beyond the ball for this one. So I have the numbers in order. It, I think it's a very simple way of doing it. If it can be done, it, there's no reason why I think it can't be done. It's just um, it would make a flying finish marshal life an awful yeah, easier. Said, not to give him access to all the information, but certainly no, just just the dots, just the car, you know, the, the numbers, car, car number, numbers, yeah, yeah, and yeah. whether it stopped or not stopped. Or, and then you'd wonder, but, would it help Derek's? situation that if everybody had it i think i think i think see the cars were coming and irrespective yeah. of what the car number was i think there's a huge safety driving. element to that yeah i think there is a huge safety that that's i think that is a good idea and they use it in the brc you know, i've seen in prc rallies have been able to follow tracking of where the car is online you don't know you don't know anything else other than the car was going or was stopped and that's all you need to know and that's fine if there's a hold up anywhere along the way i think having something like that more widely available i think would make the sport an awful lot safer and it certainly would make the timekeepers of the flying finish life an awful lot easier too it's yeah. great to Anything hear a progressive conversation, because, lads. By the way, do you know that? Yeah, but you see, the trouble is with the with the time. It in oh, there's been too many instances now. As I said, we had car twenty. I'm not sure exactly what happened there, but I know there was some bits of confusion. There was confusion in Wexford. There was confusion in Killarney. You know, there was confusion in Galway. So it's happened too regular for it not to be addressed. So again, it's only a small thing. And just when you're asking about things. I think the club might have missed um, a point where in, during COVID we were doing this hands-off approach with time cards, which I was really, really in favour of. During COVID, certainly, because obviously you didn't want anyone handling your time card. But what we noticed was how efficient it was. You literally pulled up to the control, you got your time card, and you held it through glass or the window of your vehicle. The timekeeper saw it. You wrote in your time. The tracking obviously picked up that you were there. And you moved on up to the start. You went down to the start line and a man was standing there with a whiteboard. Your start time was on it. You wrote it in yourself. It was super efficient. But I think it was disappointing when I saw in Galway that they went back to the the archaic system, as I call after getting so used to that system last year. I think they might have missed a point there. I, I was so in favour of it. Um, and it started off so well. We were in part Ferme on Saturday morning. And when we left Part Firma, there was a he was the he, he made my day this man. He he uh, I held up my time card to him and he touched no time card. 
and we were gone from him within two or three seconds. We were driving as I was writing it in. And unfortunately, once we got to service, the whole thing went back to the old system and all the stages, there was no whiteboards. And you feel sorry for the people because I see on one stage there on Saturday morning, there was a young lady and it was absolutely spilling with rain. There was a gentleman standing out. This young lady was walking back to the cars in deluges rain. We'd hand out the time card. She'd walk up. The poor time card was getting wet. She was getting wet. She'd bring it to the gentleman. He'd write it in the master sheet. She'd write or he'd write it in the time card. She'd walk back again in the rain and hand it in the window. And I'm saying to myself, lads, you could have spared yourself a lot of trouble. Just sit inside in the car, hold the whiteboard up to the window, write it down. You didn't even have to get out in the rain. So, yeah, I was disappointed. I, I don't know what way um, clubs are going to do that for the rest of the year. But it, it the old system from a time point of view to keep an event moving out of control to keep an event uh moving on the start line and on the flying finished with the same a man would be just standing there the minute you arrived and he were time and you wrote it and you were gone you were literally two you wouldn't be there three seconds but whereas the old system you could be there 15 seconds handing it out and handing it back and hmm. yeah little things like that but again they're only little things i think the event as a whole as a whole was a great success yeah um and yeah i enjoyed it Good stuff. Yeah, we'll be back next year for more. Yeah. Or Kevin Listen, again. Thanks a million, lads, for your time. Really appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, great conversation and great uh, ideas. Um, a lot of those are, are kind of coming into practice already. I think there's lots of learning to be got from, from the discussion there. So well done to the three. So uh, Anthony Nestor, Derry Cummins, and Kevin O'Driscoll, thanks a million for coming on again, and I will chat to you soon. All right. You're very welcome. All Cheers. Right. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks Thank a million, you. Kevin. So, yeah, that's where, where we wrap it up, folks. Uh, we just want to thank our sponsors again, of course, Tree Rock. You can visit uh, treerock.ie and follow them on uh, social media platforms as well, obviously on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. We're also on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Irish Rally Pod. Uh, you're obviously watching live, some of you on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. And uh, just uh, before we wrap up as well, I want to say thanks to people who actually... Uh, bought us a few coffees last week we, we tried this initiative where we put up a link as we said content is free we're going to keep it free and uh having said that uh, myself and mr nestor are on the phone quite regularly and uh, was talking to kevin o'driscoll quite regularly over the last few weeks as well and indeed Derry cummins and all the lads and trying to get guests together uh trying to do the research um i think the easiest part for for people that don't understand this whole podcast podcast concept the easiest part is actually doing this podcast live it's everything afterwards and before is the actual headache. So, uh, for example, when we finish this up, we uh, have to wait a few minutes, get our audio taken from our video. We uh, chop and change that slightly, uh, put it up on our uh, audio hosting platform, and then it goes to Spotify, Apple, Google, etc. and could take some time. And uh, occasionally then it might take another time or, or a little bit of time before you do get to share it on social media and get it across and get people listen to it and all. So uh, there is a bit that goes into it, but uh, we enjoyed it at the same time. So... Putting it out there, uh, no obligation, but if you do want to support the podcast, you can for a price of a coffee. The link is underneath the, the Facebook stream there. And if not, I won't take offense. We enjoy it. It's good fun. It's a great sport. And uh, very much looking forward to our next episode. So thanks to all our guests and thanks to Carl Egan, who we uh, uh, obviously had on earlier, in addition to Derry Cummins and Anthony Nestor and Kevin O'Driscoll as well. Thanks for everyone uh, getting in touch as well. Don't be afraid to do that anytime we're live. And uh, we try to get as much comments in as possible not always humanly possible having said that but well done to everyone involved with the Galway International Rally and we'll chat to you again soon